Hi, it's Pilar. So next month, the second edition of my book, The Coffee Break Screenwriter, will be released through Michael Weezy Publishing. I'm pretty psyched about it. So I thought it would be a good idea to replay an episode devoted solely to that book back when it was first hitting the shelves. The second edition of The Coffee Break Screenwriter focuses a little bit more on TV. Chapter 2 has a section on feature structure made simple that it didn't have before, and now it also has... A section on TV structure made simple. Chapter 3 as a new shortcut for scene synopsizing in your feature or TV outline. Chapter 4 discusses putting your main characters on a spectrum with the supporting characters. So it helps you enrich your entire cast. Chapter 7 has new rewrites focused on world building, which is really important for TV as well as feature. And Chapter 10, the presentation, has a section on developing your TV series, including episodes and series arcs, creating a minute pitch for TV and writing a TV concept sheet. You'll also find some new writers that have contributed, including Carlito Rodriguez, John Quaintance, Paul Guillo, and Liz Tigelar, all of whom have been guests on the On the Page podcast. So I'm going to let Matt Belknap take it from here. Um, many of you may not have heard this episode. It was originally recorded as part of a six-month premium membership that we were experimenting with at the time. We're not doing that anymore. So anytime you hear us mention the premium stuff, please ignore it. But do enjoy the rest of the episode and cue the music. My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outlined for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On The Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Matt Belknap, and I'm the producer of On The Page. Joining me is my guest, director of On The Page Studios, and the author of The Coffee Break Screenwriter, Miss Pilar Alexandra. Oh, thank you for having me on, Matt. <laughs> it's good to have you. Uh, welcome to your show, I should say. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of flipping the script here today. Uh, I'm interviewing Pilar about her book that's just come out, I think. By the time you're hearing this, the book is out. You can go get it at a bookstore or on Amazon, probably. Yeah, it's been on Amazon, and it's been on MWP.com, which is my publisher's website. It's Michael Weezy Publications. Okay. And it's also on onthepage.tv. You can buy it through me, and then mm -hmm. I sign it and send you a CD and blah, blah, blah. Nice. And, uh, and then somebody told me that it's already in bookstores, which is very cool. Cool. It was supposed to be in September 1st, but Somebody saw saw it at like uh, Borders at the Grove or something. Cool! Like, wow, how you're a that? real writer. Holy, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So I, I've been looking through this book for a few weeks, and uh, the premise, basically, if the title doesn't make it clear, is that uh, anybody who has a, a great idea and a few spare minutes in their life, which most people can find, uh, can actually write a screenplay. And I think what's cool about this is that. Uh, you know, I think it's so daunting for people who have never written a screenplay. There's so many things you feel like you don't know how to do. Not just uh, people get hung up on formatting a lot, but they also they've heard tell of uh, exotic things like structure and, uh, yeah. you know, character development and arc and all these crazy terms that they don't know what they mean. And uh, I kind of feel like you just 
sort of uh, demystify a lot of the stuff that people are afraid of uh, tackling, and you just break it down in a very pragmatic way, and uh, kind of not not in a condescending way, but you hold people's hands through this process and help them to tell their story, which is really all that screenplay writing is, is telling a story in a specific style, uh, the style of movies. Um, yeah, <laughs> so you know, that- I, I have to say, I think that people, people who do what I do, mm-hmm. that we're all rather guilty of making it daunting mm-hmm. so that people pay us money <laughs> 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 because supposedly we know something magical. Right. And um, I, I found that I that exhausts me. Mm-hmm. I, I am not in this to pretend that I know more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. My job is to make people realize what they already know mm-hmm. and the story they already have to tell and the fact that, yeah, you can do it. You don't have to know a whole bunch of fancy terms. A lot of it is instinctive. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, the other thing is, like, I, I think once you get going, I mean, a, a lot of the early steps in writing a script, uh, I think, are the hardest steps. You know, I, I think once you get past the outline stage, it actually becomes a lot easier and a lot more fun as long as you've you know followed the steps correctly oh it was more, it was more fun to write when yeah. i got through the outlining stuff yeah, yeah. i was you know nobody likes to outline and yeah. that's why i like to sort of give people a very quickie way of doing it mm-hmm. so that i can get the, to the good stuff too yeah so but what i was going to say is I, I i have a feeling that people will kind of start this book going like oh i you know I'll, i could give it a try but i don't really know but like once you get to the point of like uh, having the outline and, and you're ready to write, you know, that's when I think people will be like stealing more than 10 minutes. They'll be like finding all the, you know, w- when you're really invested in something and you're really excited about it, you you really do end up doing it more than you maybe thought you had time to. So, yeah, like, suddenly your 10 minutes becomes a half an hour. And yeah, you're yeah. Like, who knew I had that time? Right. You make the time when you really want the time. I agree right. with you. Yeah. So I think for people who who maybe like would scoff at the concept of like, well, you can't write a whole movie with in ten minute increments. It's like that's not really necessarily what's happening. This is just like a way to tackle each step of the process in that amount of time, and then once the momentum is going, I mean, because like writing is all about like getting your momentum and and like have a feeling like you're you know you're really accomplishing something. And this book really helps you to you know accomplish the the trickiest parts of it so that you feel that progress happening and you're really excited about continuing to move forward Holy, you actually read the book <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> yeah it's cool it's good i mean and it's a it's a fun quick read it's got a lot of the uh, trademark pilar sense of humor in it <laughs> so uh this is the part where i admit i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> no there's there's it's it's fun it's it's you know it's not one of those books that like you know I think a lot of screenwriting books maybe uh, are doing exactly what you just said. Like they're so intent on proving how smart and, uh, you know, advanced and evolved they are that it's like, I, you feel like you have to read it three times to even understand like what, what is being explained or talked about. And, and I don't know that that's all that productive. Although, you know, I think on a, obviously storytelling is, it can be very complex. Um, it's rooted in something simple and this is just about you know getting the simple the the, the basics get it on the page yeah. then go in right, and right, right. overanalyze and micromanage do mm-hmm. anything that you want with your art but you gotta finish it first yeah so why don't we um i guess just like i'm just gonna go through 
sort of the 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 chapters and and maybe you can explain a little bit of like what do you you know what what are you showing people how to do in these in these each of these steps sure um, Let's so, go through the early ones quick, though, because yeah. those are, like I said, those are the outlining <laughs> ones. Right. It gets into the good stuff later. Yeah, okay. So the, it starts with the story, mm-hmm. um, appropriately enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so what do you think people need uh, to to begin? I mean, like, if, if we're starting from scratch, someone just picked up this book, uh, do they already need to have, like, a concept? Or could they just even have, like an idea for a setting or the, a character that they think would be great? Like, what, yeah, what you- that's, that's kind of the approach is that people come to storytelling in all different ways. And sometimes they just wake up with this character in their head mm-hmm. or they just see a scene or it's just sort of an emotional change that they've just, they just want to get down on, on paper. So keeping that in mind that we all have different ways of telling a story, my job is to help you go, okay, how do you expand around these things, around mm-hmm. character, event, concept, etc.? So, uh, you know, if you have just even the seed of something, you can go into the story section and then find your entire story. Okay. So, how do I mean, not to give away everything in the book, but how do people develop the story to a step point where they can sort of start thinking about writing the script? Well, for example, with um, uh, starting with character, I often ask people a, a series of questions mm-hmm. that start with what makes them human, and then what would be the worst thing that human person would get into, mm-hmm. and what would be the first thing they would do based on their human quality, etc. And that series of questions will, will magically sort of bring out a structure for them. Mm-hmm. So that would be that way to go with character. But there's also a way to sort of structure around event. If you see this event, where is it on your timeline? What comes before it? What comes after it? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it kind of fits in with like some of the more famous like ideas around what makes a story. You know, like there's that whole idea of like there's the man versus man, man versus nature, all the, you know, those little things. Like you really, you're sort of saying like you don't really need to label things that way necessarily as long as you have the starting point. Is right. That- I, th- I don't think a lot of people come into this with that particular language in their head. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they, they say, hey, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if this guy did this thing in this way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, frankly, guy, character, this thing, second, uh, that would be the concept, yeah. in this way, second act. They've right. just structured a movie with very simple language. And it's also important to note that uh, while writing a screenplay isn't easy, everyone sort of intrinsically knows how to tell a story. I mean, some people are better at it than others, but everybody grows up being told stories and then experiencing things and then telling the story of the thing that they experienced to others. And they obviously they see other movies and they see TV shows. And so they, you kind of know all this stuff already. Like you don't need to be taught all those little things and you don't need to put these like fancy, like sort of academic labels on all the points in a story to know that this is how stories go. That's why you see, you know, a lot of times someone will come out of nowhere and write like a genius screenplay, and you're like, "Whoa, that oh, guy!" Oh, it kills people, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It just kills people. <laughs> like, but, how did he do it? Yeah, it's just because they were writing from gut and from the fact that they've told stories to friends, to kids, yeah. to each other, to themselves for right. years. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you can get so caught up in the technique or the, you know, the the details of like how how does this weird world of screenwriting work that you lose sight of like what is. What are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to entertain people? Are you trying to uh, elicit an emotion from people? I mean, those are just the basic things that stories do. And and I think, uh, 
you know, there are so many ways to do it, but it, it all kind of comes back to what you said, like character and the, you know, what, I mean, some people call it a journey. Some people call it like, you know, someone has to learn a lesson. Someone has to address a flaw and, uh, and that's what stories are. So that's where we're starting, right? Yeah. Okay. So how do you then structure? Well, with structure, I like to always start really big picture and really basic, simple big picture. You know, I, the, the first structure tool that I give you is one with simply four columns mm-hmm. that helps, helps you figure out what, you know, what are the key events that happened? Mm-hmm. What brings you to the reveal? And how does that bring you to the next stage? Because uh, a lot of times people get overwhelmed by their details before they've even figured out the big picture. Mm-hmm. So we do that. And then I move on to a structure sheet, a beat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, oh, I'm sorry. That's in, that's in the next <laughs> You're chapter. jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. What happened? Ahead. I'm sorry. I'm lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, wait. What about when the, with the four columns? Just for yeah. for people who maybe do know a little bit about like three act structure and that whole stuff like does do the four columns represent the first act and then two parts of the second act and the third act that's yeah, kind of I your... think it's become the new language of structure mm-hmm. that we don't look at act two as this big vast wasteland of act yeah. two it's two parts separated by that midpoint yeah. but that's really really helpful for the writer because is, yeah. they don't feel like oh gosh I gotta do the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. they can go wait a second let's change it up I'm yeah. getting bored with my own story what do I do now and yeah. so it, it'll help you also in um, in managing your writing time. Yeah, I, I do remember like uh, after kind of reading through the sort of big screenplay books when I was young, you know, going in school and stuff, thinking like, all right, I've got a great idea. I've got the setup. I always felt I always felt really confident about writing first act. But then you get to that like 30 page mark and you're like, oh, my God, there's so much like I have to fill so much space before I get to the end, you know, get to the big, you know, the third act thing. And so it's so much easier to think about it in terms of like sort of four parts and and really focus on like, you know, the fact that there are more turns than just the the first act turn and the second act turn. Like there, there's really there, there are other things happening in the second act. It doesn't have to be this big, you know, monolithic thing. <laughs> it doesn't. And also so knowing what really helps you for the structure is knowing where you're going in terms of the big revelation, the big twist, the mm-hmm. big turn. If you know you want to go there, okay, yeah. that is the goal of that act. Mm-hmm. That will help you find your structure. Yeah. So know your goals for the acts. That's mm-hmm. probably the most important thing. Yeah, and then once then you can kind of start thinking about the idea that you know there should be some sort of sense of of rising tension and like obviously you want the the twist closer to the end to be a bigger twist than the twist that happens on page 60 or whatever. Like that's just common sense. So you're, you're sort of just putting it in terms of like, you know, you know, break it down into parts and then, you know, you'll have an easier, you know, you'll have an easier time managing it. Yes. Uh, okay. So the thing I hate the most uh, in screenwriting <laughs> and probably a lot of people do too, is the outline. Yeah. So how do you help people? Cause if, if I could do an outline in 10 minutes, like, mm-hmm. and be done with it, then I would be a very happy person. I probably would have already, you know, written, you know, 10 screenplays, but that's where I get stuck a lot is like uh, tackling the outline phase. What do you tell people? I, t- I say, Look, I'm bad at math, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do some math, okay? Mm-hmm. We take those four parts that we just talked about, mm-hmm. and we divide each part into two, okay? okay? Now you've got basically sort of two turns per act. Mm-hmm. Those are eight beats. Mm-hmm. If you just say to yourself, all I'm responsible for in my outline is figuring out what somebody wants, what they do, and what gets in their way mm-hmm. per beat eight times, mm-hmm. there's my outline. 
So I ask people to do sort of a goal, what yeah. do they want, an activity, what happens, and a complication, what gets in their way, eight times, and boom, they have a story. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a guide. An outline should be a guide. It shouldn't be something that you are beholden to mm-hmm. because your characters are going to change your story as you write them. Mm-hmm. Now, from that beat sheet, uh, the second part of the outline and the last part of the outline is finding the scenes that make up that sequence, mm-hmm. that beat. Yeah. So then I just say, splat them out, you know? Okay, uh, in order to find, uh, in order to have a, to show what somebody wants, okay, I have to show them at work and they're frustrated. Or I have to show them at home and they're arguing. Okay, that's two scenes. Yeah. Great, terrific. You, you know, that's just synopsize those. And once you've uh, figured out the scenes that equal goal, activity, complication, mm-hmm. and sort of just synopsize them, boom. There's your outline. So you can handle it one sequence at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, you could figure out a goal activity complication, 10 minutes. You could probably do an entire act. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this for sure because I do this in my classes. Yeah. And people are, they can't believe how much they get done when they just sit down and focus. So just for any doubters or people who are like, oh, it sounds like a lot of, I don't want to, yeah, yeah. like, because I know writers who, you know, who hate outlining. Why is it important to outline? You know, only, again, to keep yourself on track mm-hmm. so that you don't lose yourself in your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you, if, you're an, if you're somebody who just feels outlines get in the way and actually create writer's block for you, I'm all for just creating a prose-like synopsis mm-hmm. of your story as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And that way, you can just do it very, very quickly. Once upon a time, there was this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's actually uh, a template in the book for people who think like that. Oh, it's cool. a little once upon a time, fill in the blank template. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll probably offer it to uh, premium subscribers cool. on the show eventually. Yeah, you know, I think even if you are going to outline, sometimes it is fun if and it can be helpful to just kind of try to tell your story in different ways. Like a lot of people recommend you know pitching it to a friend to sort of learn how to you know like if you're telling the story that way you might find out things about the weaknesses in it that you didn't realize you had and and same thing writing it down in just a a, like you said a prose type fashion is good i think you know to me outlining is critical because you get when you're writing the actual script that's your you get into the details of your story you get into dialogue you get into like smaller beats smaller exchanges you're really you're zoomed so far in that you tend to lose sight of the the big picture. So like the outline forces you to deal with any problems in the big picture of the story so that once those are once you have figured all that stuff out, hopefully you will be free enough to worry micromanage the thing and worry about the little scenes and 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 I'm sure of course you uh recommend that you you know just write a first draft as quickly as possible too, but you're, it's going to be much easier to write quickly if you're if you're not worrying about those big like oh wait what happens here I'd never thought about this why <laughs> right I I know where it's going ultimately but I don't know at this particular point where the story is supposed to go so deal with that on a what is it a macro level yeah before you deal with it on a micro level absolutely cool all right well, up next is the characters kind of important I think <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> You know, and it's funny. I mean, I have it as the fourth chapter only because I want people to feel free to just go big picture mm-hmm. and think, you know, my story's about this and then this happens and then that happens and not start 
sort of getting so deep into their characters that they start writing a novel. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, they bio their characters <laughs> and they do all this history and all this stuff. And, and they've actually written five movies by the time they've written their yeah, movie. Yeah. So when we finally get to the characters, yes, we talk about character biography. But in terms of sort of what their, what their little habits are, mm-hmm. you know, and so you can find out a lot about what makes up a person by what they're doing in a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm big on the actions within a movie. Mm-hmm. And once you ask yourself, you know, what do they always carry? What do they always wear? What music do they listen to? That'll help you find that history of that yeah. person and that whole world. Yeah. I mean, isn't that somewhat a sense of like, how do you make fiction feel real like how do you make a character that's not a real person how do you make them feel real and it's by pulling out little habits and tics and idiosyncrasies that people will recognize i mean great characters often i mean they they have to be defined by you know maybe a flaw or uh you know something like that on a deeper level but also on a superficial level a lot of times it's just like oh yeah that guy always wears that shirt that's funny i kind of know a guy like that you know and that 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 shirt's going to pay off later on we're yeah. going to see that shirt uh being worn by a girl and yeah. we're going to know that they had a you know they finally hooked <laughs> up or we're going to yeah. see that shirt uh torn in half by an antagonist right. and we're going to know that 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 act was the most hurtful act yeah. that could happen to the character. Right. So once we get to know a character, we can play with these habits or little patterns yeah. that we've seen to actually help tell the story. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and I, mean, I think it's just, you know, the, the job of a, of a story and a job of a movie is, is to really feel like real life, you know, on some level, even if it's a sci-fi fantasy, like there has to be something rooting it in reality. And I think characters little things about characters that's what sort of subconsciously make the audience feel like this is real because they they might recognize something on the screen that they've you know experienced in their life even if it's just something silly like uh, you know this guy always has two different color shoelaces Mm -hmm. you know that's just that's something specific like the specificity of it is what makes it feel like real life and at this stage in in the the book i'm still asking people to to build story. Mm-hmm. So we're still sort of in that, in you know, using the character stuff to flesh out the outlines to create more scenes. Mm-hmm. So it's always with the intention of how can this affect your story? Yeah. So it, within characters, there's also the, there's the hero, obviously, in, in every story. Then you talk about the uh, creating a great antagonist. What, you know, a lot of people might say, well, my story isn't about, you know, it's there is no bad guy. It's just it's a it's a slice of life. Like, what do you tell people who say things like that? I, I, I agree with them. You know, slices of life, though, you know, imagine you go through life and don't feel put upon by somebody (laughs) in your day you know that was your antagonist Mm -hmm. so we're not talking about antagonist sort of in the classic over-the-top sense sometimes it's just that that clerk at the store that won't take back that item that you need to return Mm -hmm. so but on the other hand um also knowing that that clerk at the store has had a rough day and seeing that scene also from her point of view mm-hmm. will humanize her but also you're you're recognizing that she is the antagonist in this particular story at the time right. so uh, great villains whether whether it's appropriate to call them villains or not have a motivation just like the hero does right absolutely i liked um last week's uh podcast with bob odekirk when mm-hmm. he was talking about developing this role of sal the the sleazy lawyer yeah. he was so passionate about talking about how sal 
uh, just wants something. Yeah. He just wants you to do what he knows right. is best for you. <laughs> right, right. And I thought that's that's exactly it. Yeah. The antagonist does not know he's bad. He just thinks he's right. Yeah, yeah. They, everyone has their own. Everyone's their own hero in their own head. So even if the the outside world sees it differently, I mean, you know, they have their own uh, needs, and uh, so it's just a the the conflict that's created when needs collide. I think that's what creates when stories. Needs collide. I like that. <laughs> cool. um, all right. So you've got sort of you've got uh, an idea. You've got characters. Um, you've sort of you've outlined your story so that you're ready to write. What do you like? It, it can be that's you know probably for some people. Although I enjoy just actually writing. Um, that's probably one of the most daunting things. Is like I've never written a screenplay before. This is totally foreign to me. How do you? get them, ease them into that? Well, that's in chapter five. It's the first mm-hmm. draft, and I first work around scene intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if anybody was a premium podcast listener, they got the scene intentions sheet last week. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that, you know, a scene, all you have to remember is that there's a focus there. Mm-hmm. Okay, what has to happen physically, verbally, emotionally. Okay, once you know those things, great. Put that out there and move on. And that is for people who... Um, who are just trying to move very quickly through a draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that sometimes you just want to write and write and write, and you should. Mm-hmm. But when you get stuck, you need to move on. Yeah, you yeah. need to go, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just write what my intentions are here mm-hmm. and move on. As scenes, you know, screenwriting isn't, it's not as complicated as anybody thinks. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a slug line, right? Interior, right. exterior, this, you know, where are we? What time of day is yeah. it? Great. Okay, physically, what are you showing? What is somebody saying? Right. What's somebody feeling? Move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's actually really, maybe some people don't like the formatting of screenplays, but it's actually very freeing because it's, it's intentionally as simple as you can get. I mean, you don't have to write a ton. Of, you don't have to write in what's inside people's heads. Like you're really just describing the setting at the, at the very basic, most basic level. You're describing where these characters are and then they are talking to each other and then things happen. Action is described, but you know, that's, uh, that it's basically, you're stripping it down to the, you know, the, the most essential parts so that people can see, okay, this is what's happening. It, you know, it was designed, screenplays were designed to be simple so that, you know, a director could take it and, and make the movie without any confusion as to what was happening. So. Absolutely. So, so in that chapter, it's all about, here's, here's a process to just push you forward try it out and it has to do with you know some people have called it it's a rough draft some people have called it the puke draft you know (laughs) but but yeah nice yeah (laughs) i decided not to name it that um and then within that you know i i talk about okay now that you've done that you can go back in and you can add some new scenes and you can build on existing scenes and you can add your voice Mm -hmm. and that will all flesh out this rough draft or puke draft into a first draft where you go all right I think this is a script. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, one, I mean, people, this is the thing that, you know, first-time writers, I think, trip up on a lot, is, like, how do you write dialogue? It, 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 it People, we, I think we've talked about this on the show before, even, like, people want dialogue to sound real, and, you know, who was it? One of our guests was saying, like, real people really talking is boring so like you actually don't want it to be like that but it does take a little practice like it's something that you know some people maybe just have are good at by nature and other people's need other people need to practice i think it was richard walter he was saying yeah, you know, yeah. if you if you wanted to pay 
if you wanted to hear real dialogue, you know, go into a public restroom or something, you can <laughs> right. hear real dialogue and go to yeah. a coffee shop. But, you know, movie dialogue is sometimes, um, uh, sometimes it has more weight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has more wit. Sometimes it's the thing we wish we could have said. Yeah. Um, but it has to feel real in the fact that it needs to organically come out of the situation. Right. It needs to feel authentic. And there's always that balance. What I like to do instead of asking a writer to analyze their stuff is to approach a scene like a game to approach a scene with the the what do I want to get from that person mm-hmm. in mind um, their agenda and then also to think about verbal strategies how are they going to get it mm-hmm. are they going to use jokes to get it or are they going to use threats to get it that's a completely different way in with the dialogue yeah. and once you commit to that strategy yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna joke my way through it. Or this right. character is gonna joke his way through it. Okay, that makes the dialogue interesting. And that goes back to what we were talking about with Bob is is the idea that characters are just you know every character has a need and the dialogue is just an expression of how are they going to get what they want and they might succeed or they might fail. But really, most of uh, dramatic dialogue writing is a process of someone trying to manipulate someone else into doing what they want yeah you know whether it's in a romantic setting or a a crime setting or you know a war setting everybody is trying to accomplish something there's each scene has a small goal that needs to be accomplished and the movie as, as a whole has a larger goal that needs to be accomplished and dialogue is the way that characters you know try to get other characters on their side or out of their way so that they can continue towards that goal I, absolutely so that's a great it's a great way in and and, and uh, the templates that I try and, and put out in the dialogue are a lot of fill in the blank stuff as far as finding out what somebody wants what their game is etc yeah. so it's one thing for me to say hey find the game yeah. my job in the book is to help you right. find that and that you know honestly that's one of the things that I like about your I, I don't know if it's too pretentious to call it a method but, but oh I'd yeah. like to call it a method <laughs> the Alessandra method oh I love that <laughs> but what's, I think it's fun I mean anyone who did Mad Libs as a kid knows yeah. like it's, fu- it's fun to fill out little blank you know sheets with like little fill in the blanks and you know it, it takes the pressure off of like having to stare at a blank piece of paper and like fill it with your own ideas and your own words this is just like hey it's just an exercise you know it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be uh, you know you don't have to sp- about genius every second you're just really answering questions and those those answers will get you a little bit closer to what you're trying to do and the reason for for putting a lot of these things in sort of a mad lib form was mad libs only provide a structure Mm -hmm. the content is always up to you and i always thought it was so cool that you change one word and you change a story so this allows you to focus on the word that Mm -hmm. is the thing you should be providing as the writer the whole thing of you know uh uh, problems occur when okay that's just the structure right. of of that particular obstacle mm-hmm. thing i'm going to give that to you but what those problems are that's up to you and if you keep changing the problem you're going to see how the story changes yeah. and then you don't spend your time writing all you know all this other stuff right well and it's important to note that you know if you're most people are trying to write a, a script that they can sell in hollywood you know there are other types of movies that you can write but but Hollywood movies, if we can use that term generally, are all they all sort of fit a certain structure. And so it is important to like you're basically taking the um, you're, you're giving them a scaffolding to sort of put their you know to, to put up around their work and then they can work on it. And then 
when you remove it, you've got something, a finished thing. Is It doesn't mean that it's formulaic. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be derogatory to say like, oh, well, this, this fits into the structure. No, all movies fit into a basic structure and on some of all stories fit into a, a, a structure on some level. You're just sort of demystifying it again to, to, to give people uh, an easier time at uh, writing their, telling their story well. I like the scaffolding thing. I'm stealing the scaffolding <laughs> right. thing. That's, that's the next book. Okay. <laughs> the, the scaffolding screenwriter. It's <laughs> 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 a really clunky title. I'm going to work on that. Um, all right. So once you've sort of figured out how to write dialogue uh, passively, let's say, mm-hmm. so that you can get through your yeah, I, even though I didn't like it, now I want to say puke draft. I like, yeah, it, just, puke draft it sounds cool. Yeah. It, it's disgusting, but at the same time, very effective. <laughs> so once you once you've gotten through all that, uh, you have to rewrite. And this is another thing. Starting out, I hated the idea of rewriting. I wanted to, I wanted to get it right the first time and be done. Like I don't know why. That's and that's one of the many problems with my writing. <laughs> but but like a lot of people look at it like uh, I. Uh, I'm going to take my time and 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 be perfect so that I don't need to rewrite. And so they make a perfect first act and then they exhaust themselves. Yeah, yeah. So so the my approach to rewriting, whether it's in my classes or the, on the DVD or in this book, is take it one element at a time and mm-hmm. go through and just rewrite that element mm-hmm. if that's what your if your script needs. And I think in this chapter, not only will you have a way to do it, but it'll test out whether that's the pass that you need to make. So I have a whole bunch of uh, passes in in that chapter. I have uh, the concept pass, structure pass, story pass, scene pass, character pass, dialogue pass, format pass, element pass, and the holistic pass. <laughs> but within those are all of these shortcuts for making those rewrites mm-hmm. so that it's not overwhelming and daunting you could you could just open up to that section Mm -hmm. if you're at that place in your screenplay and you'll find sort of your light bulb moment for oh that's what my needed my script needed yeah hopefully so i just uh, like kind of zooming out from this a little though like do you think it's important for people when they finish the first draft to sort of step away a little bit and and maybe like not be because you get you get pretty even in a first draft you get very deep inside the story um do you recommend that they take a break or is it okay to like just forge ahead it really depends on on their mood Mm -hmm. you know everybody's just got these different styles that's why i wanted to write something that recognized the fact that a lot of people just sort of writing for a break you know they're they're like hoveling up in in their office Mm -hmm. and and they're spending those 10 minutes of, of downtime expressing themselves Um, so it really depends this idea of taking a break from your work Mm -hmm. but I did like what a lot of our 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 guests have said about sometimes you just got to do something else Mm -hmm. because it will also remind you that there's a life out there and you can bring that life into your work so I just kind of leave it up to you if you're on a roll if you're on a roll don't go in and work that day at all just just Take yeah, take advantage. advantage. Yeah. Go for it. Right, yeah. right, right. You don't want to lose uh, lose the the juice. <laughs> exactly. Um, cool. I I was I was thinking of something else as you were saying that, but now I can't remember what. It I was think brilliant. Oh, I think you know the other question about like um, a first draft and and just writing in general is like what, like feedback. What do you think about getting? I, I I always think it's so dangerous to show. I mean, it can be helpful, but it's also very dangerous to show your work to people when it's at a phase where it's not perfect or it's not done you're just sort of you maybe need to bounce it off somebody but you know so what do you what do you recommend to people i would kind of recommend to people that they go through chapter seven and chapter eight before they show it to anybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they take it through the rewrite chapter and then they take it through the 
craft chapter mm-hmm. chapter so that they do everything that they possibly can on their own to meet their own intentions mm-hmm. before showing it to somebody. Sometimes you're so frankly, sometimes you're so proud of yourself yeah. that you just want to give it to somebody. Right. Be careful. That you're proud you. of yourself. <laughs> right. Exactly. That can result in the biggest case of writer's block ever. Yeah. So make sure you are the person who constantly checks your work, gets it as far as possible, then show it to people and remember what their expertise is. Yeah. Somebody might be great at comedy. Somebody might really love character. You know, remember, that's why you're giving it to them for their particular right. angle on your script. Yeah, it's hard to find someone even, I mean, you know, you would think that another writer might be a good person, but sometimes that isn't a good person <laughs> ever to show your writing to because they have their their ideas are so specific that they might have a hard time letting go of their own stuff and 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 even their own issues as a writer and just looking at, at your thing clean. I mean, that's honestly um, not to double plug here, <laughs> but the, the value of someone like you is that you are a professional reader in in some senses like you can look at something and understand like even if someone showed you a first draft you they they could say well this is the first draft and you would read it as a first draft and you wouldn't be like well this was a little messy like that's right. not the right note for that person it at isn't. that time so if it, if but not everybody that knows that you know yeah. i mean like you could give it to a spouse and they'd be like well it was kind of there were a lot of punctuation errors and it's like well that doesn't really help me <laughs> oh god you know i mean i have heard so many stories you know because part of what i do sometimes gets to a little bit of the shrink level you know because <laughs> yeah. because you know, it's an intimate process yeah. this writing thing you're finally sharing it with somebody so i've heard you know okay then she turned around and said am i this character (laughs) you know that's just like what i do you know i mean be careful right be really careful yeah you kind of want somebody impartial like at times especially if you're writing based on your own life i think that's a good good tip side tip to the uh the chapter breakdown that we're doing here so what is the craft like what what when you get through with your rewrite what do you what what is your next step and what do you what are you focusing on at that stage well the craft is still probably you know the uh, another stage of the rewrite Uh and it's a big one and it it was probably one of my favorite chapters to write because this is where i dork out um (laughs) you know the placement of an action line the you know how do you handle choreography in it um the the structure of a fight scene Mm -hmm. i mean all these these little things that make the storytelling of screenplay art that's the craft of it and so i can sort of very quickly say okay let's let's home in on this one thing Mm -hmm. um you know you're going to bring out an emotional moment in your scene and we're going to do it this way Mm -hmm. try it yeah and uh so it makes again craft less daunting it's not theory. It's let's just do it and make it better. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think it might have been my favorite cool. chapter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's super important, especially, you know, when the goal is to write something that someone will read and feel that money is worth spending on it. You know, like it, it's not all about, you can have a great story, you can have great characters, but if you, uh, aren't telling your story in an effective way stylistically it's going to be a major impediment to people getting excited about it you know they're going to get hung up on like oh the action scenes were really dense like why was i had to read 10 pages of description that was really boring like i'm, I'm falling asleep here you can lose people you know very easily even in a good story you can lose people with stuff like that so as I'm telling you as a reader, um, pay attention to this chapter. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, by the time it gets to a reader, yeah. it really needs to 
have everything in its place. Uh, you know, it it does need to be airtight. Um, that's why with the final edit, the chap- chapter nine, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it was sort of this micromanaging line cut edit. Mm-hmm. I sort of show what I've done to just this was it was funny when I was writing it. I just happened to have been working on this page that week. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, uh, you know, a, a, a good project, but she had written way too much. And just to show her, I'd gone in and done some line cuts. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, that would work for the book to show the before and after. Because yeah. it's one thing to say to somebody, yeah, you got to cut it down. Yeah. And it's the other just to show, well, what could be cut down and yeah. still meet the intention of the page? That reminds me, I was going to ask you earlier, like in the first draft, do you feel like, I mean, do you encourage people to kind of overwrite a little bit? Because it's, you know, a lot of people say it's easier to cut than it is to embellish in a in a rewrite. So, like, I mean, most people don't need to be encouraged yeah. <laughs> in that regard. But I was just wondering, like, do you sort of say, yeah, like, by all means, write the hell out of it because then you'll have, you know, a block of clay to, you know, chip away at? Well, you know, I, I think for people who who are acknowledged that they're overwriters. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good approach, not to be self-conscious about the fact that that's their process, mm-hmm. and within that, they'll find the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are those people who who don't, the words don't come very easily, and that's where just saying, well, all you have to do is write around intention. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what kind of a writer you are. Yeah. But yeah, I would say when it comes to that puke draft, what <laughs> sometimes what you're talking about is just puking out anything in yeah. your head. Yeah. Yeah, and no as one needs to go back and chip away. Right, as long as you don't get hung up on something. And like you were saying earlier, like you get into a scene and you're just writing and writing and writing and you can't end it. Like move on. You have to be able to move on and, and keep going because you will get stuck eventually at, at a point where you're like, oh, my God, how do I get out of this? Because you just went too deep. Right. <laughs> so don't don't get stuck in the mud, I guess. Um now, like, I feel like this is sort of, uh, it sort of gets fun at this point because, you know, if you've, if you've written something and you're proud of it and you like it, then it's all about, like, how do I, you know, how do I do, do this justice? How do I get it to the right people? How do I, how do I make it look pretty and how do I get it out there? To, for me, actually, this was probably not the most fun thing for me to write. Mm. I had chapter 10 and chapter 11. Chapter 10 was the presentation and chapter 11 was the opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I felt a responsibility with this book to say, all right, you know, you, what you wrote is not something that just sits in your computer. You have to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. And here are some ways to do it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think my expertise is mostly with the words. Right. So, uh, with a presentation, you know, it was really simple things like, Print and bind, protect your material. Yeah. And but it also talked about pitching mm-hmm. because part of presenting your work is also pitching it yeah. in a way that makes somebody go, Oh, I gotta read that. Yeah, We've yeah. talked a lot about that on the show because mm-hmm. this is a verbal show. So yeah. sometimes people are actively pitching their material and I want people to hear a good pitch. Yeah. Um, the opportunity. Chapter 11 used to be called The Sale, Mm -hmm. and it ain't called The Sale anymore. (laughs) Because that's as we know, again, from this podcast, it's not always about the sale. It's about the fact that a script represents an opportunity for you to get writing work. So within that chapter, I talk about networking, which Mm -hmm. you've talked about here. We also talk about new media, because Mm -hmm. new media is 
an opportunity for screenwriters that they should be taking right now. Right. We also talk about, just a little lightly touch on video games, game shows, promos, and reality TV. I don't go into it deeply, yeah. but to make it okay yeah. for the writer who's just done all this work yeah. to think about that as a career opportunity mm-hmm. for writers. A- again, this show, we've had all kinds of writers in, in yeah. here. They're all doing art. So, And you might find, going through this whole process, like you might really feel like wow you know i really enjoyed this part of the process and the rest of it i really struggled with maybe i maybe i have to acknowledge i'm not cut out to do all this stuff but this skill or this interest this passion that i have for one part of the writing process could really be applied to another area of entertainment whether it's video games or you know game shows like you said there's so many different you know places to write creatively in show business never mind in other places but just you know show business is has become so like so, so much more vast of a landscape it has there's so much scripted material there yeah. you know and and people need to open their eyes to there's just not one yeah. kind of way of telling a fictional story right. anymore so yeah that's that also has a long pitch template on it again mm-hmm. something that some of the premium subscribers yeah. have already received. That's true, yeah. So you guys have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, but it's also for when you're at that place in your career where yeah. you really have to come in and and get get the work. <laughs> right, right. And that's you know that is important. I I do I feel like as a sort of an idealist, I guess I feel like it is philosophically more important to focus on writing well and writing something good. And I and I encourage everyone to take that seriously, and and that's what this book is about. Mostly is like how to write a, a good screenplay and make the you know the most of your ideas, uh, and and then the, re- the you know the the last couple chapters is are very helpful for if you have accomplished that task. But I'm, I like that you are actually focused on the content of a script and not just like. Hey, here's how you here's how you wheel and deal. Here's how you get your stuff sold. Like that's that's nice and that's important and and it's necessary. But uh, I would like everyone who is submitting scripts out into the world to be good at writing Especially before they what do. What you do, you're the guy who has yeah. to read them. You yeah, know? I I take it personally sometimes when people aren't good writers, which what? is not fair. But you know, it's 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 a bummer when. Things are being submitted, and and it might be a kernel of something interesting, but the writing just isn't there, and uh, it's it's it it wastes a lot of people's time. First of all, but second of all, you're not doing yourself any um, you know any justice by doing that. The, the very last part of this book actually interviews writers who um, all of whom have sort of come through this program in some way or another mm-hmm. students clients whatever who are out in the world writing mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's 20 of them and I asked them you know if they had 10 minutes what would they do to make a script better mm-hmm. and it's funny you know none of them say I would find out what is uh, in vogue right now right I would I would find out you know what I should write commercially yeah. they all go to a craft place yeah, yeah. all of them and you're also going to see a lot of consistency in, in the tips that they give so there's that extra part of the book cool. that that focuses kind of like the show you get the three questions at the end yeah although the, i don't three have three questions, questions for you because you they're your questions and your <laughs> that doesn't apply we've hit a lot of questions yeah actually. yeah that's true we've had more than three 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it easy on myself then. <laughs> I, know, I think that's a good idea. Right. You did, you did this really well. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna host anymore. I think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I like I, it's so easy to just sit here and let you do all the hard stuff. <laughs> I just push buttons. You know, it's not a big deal. Could you imagine if I was pushing the buttons though? <laughs> well, oh, holy. people wouldn't be hearing this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. They'd be like, "Why did it stop? I don't understand. I can't hear anything." <laughs> I'd just be sitting in the room with a microphone. Nothing would ever get taped. Yeah. Just be me and my imaginary audience. <laughs> <sighs> I hope everybody gets the book. It's it's uh you know we've heard a little bits and pieces on this yeah. show, but it's kind of nice to have something hard copy in front. Yeah, of you. and it is it's a fun read. You guys, you, from listening to the show, you know PLR's personality, and you know that she can you know she'll make you laugh, she'll make you think about that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. This has been really fun. Sure. Yeah, I guess I should. I don't have the script for wrapping up the show, but I, maybe I can do it from memory. Uh, do we have any plugs, first of all? Um, on the page.tv. Just on go the there. Page. You can find the thing for the book there. You can too. buy the book and get it signed there. Oh, uh, and it's called The Coffee Break Screenwriter. The Coffee Break Screenwriter. Coffee. That's that's what you're going to yeah. be looking for. Yes. Look for The Coffee Break Screenwriter by Pilar Alessandra on bookshelves everywhere, on Amazon.com, and on, on the page.tv. And until next week, have yourself a good writing week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.